Hello and welcome to the Wicked New Styles podcast. This is going to be episode one. I'm going to be discussing uh, things that have been happening as I'm building this podcast. So last time I was done recording, I thought I was done, right? So I went to upload the episode and it would not let me upload it. It was a specific format and I had to be converted so I spent some time doing that I spent already man just getting that first episode in and this whole thing a handful of hours and this episode episode one is also taking me um, a couple of hours I'd say communicating with people writing down questions trying to make it interesting is already and yeah you know I want to also talk about creating content. It is, I guess it is very uh, time-consuming. I see why a lot of guys and people put a lot of time and effort into their material to make it uh, catchy or entertaining. And I don't... Hopefully this becomes entertaining because I really want to keep it as basic as possible. I don't want to spend that much time doing all the extra things, but... Yeah, I wanted to share with you guys the views I got about. Let me log on really quick <clears throat> to my account. Uh, podcast. I got about, I think it's 36 views was when I last checked it. It only shows me the region, which is the United States. But what it does tell me also is that I think you have to have at least 20 minutes so people can play 20 minutes or 40% of an episode within a single session. So I think that's a big one uh, to get, I guess, more listeners or for them to get more data. But like I said, I want to keep it basic. Today I'm going to be calling one of my uh, friends from college. I met him at junior college, and he... I don't. I'll wait to ask him how, what he wants to, if he wants to talk about school and stuff. But I know he had a shift and uh, he didn't keep going to college. He ended up going into the trades. I think he became a welder. Um, but he's done really good for himself. He's a cool guy. So let's see if we can call him. We'll get this episode going. Go on my phone. Get this set up. Let's see. You might not answer. It's about oh, it's Monday, March twenty first. It's at seven a.m. We are in spring. Let's make this phone call. Get it. What up, bro? Same old, same old. What's up, dude? Shit. Hey, so you're on the podcast now. We're recording. All right, now. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. So when the, right before I called you, I was talking about how we met. Yeah, I think it was like the political theory one. I was going to ask you, so for the podcast, if you wanted to share maybe your college experience and how you uh, how you went a different route. Why didn't you... Uh, why didn't you keep going to college? 
because um, of the money. Because, you know, they wouldn't, um, they wouldn't pay me a decent wage coming out of poli-sci. And, you know, they made that real obvious to me. You did you know, that, so, uh, yeah. you, is that where you're talking about? They made it very clear that they weren't going to yeah. pay? Yeah. Because, you know, the first person I applied to was like uh, the congressman dude, you know? Was it a Republican office, a Democratic office, or? I think the guy that held that office at the time was a Democrat. Okay. Yeah. And then at the time, I was a Democrat. They weren't looking for me. So what made you change from from there that was just like, all right, I'm not going to stay with this plan. This isn't paying out. Next best or next thing or what? What was the next? Well, the next, the next step when I was that young was looking back into where growth was going to happen. You know. Yeah. And you know what I noticed was just three three spots that were going to grow at that time, and it was going to be robotics and uh, bio and uh, nano and I was like man I think my ACS shot is going to be robotics so I went looking into that and that's kind of how I discovered the whole welding thing you know mm -hmm. that it was like something well paid and it wasn't something that you know uh, you lose quickly yeah. and you can anywhere you go you can do it so I was like that might be that might be good. So I started looking for tech schools, and then I found one, you know, here locally. Welding, and you... Mm-hmm. And But you worked for Tesla for a minute, right? Like, you were... you were. Yeah, they had me out there for a while, because... Oh, let me see, I'm trying to remember. So, like, right after tech... Um, and how long was that program, the welding program? I was two years. Two years, yeah. Everything's about two years, two to yeah. two, two plus. But I mean, like, um, everything you learn in tech school, you use. You know, it's it's not like it's not like regular college where you learn a bunch of stuff and a lot of it you just don't use it. You know, with trade school, I think trade school is very dedicated to that specific. Um, job so if you're a welder you're really gonna learn like that's really all you're gonna learn is welding and like uh carpentry probably the same thing like you gain a lot from it bro you don't think you got anything from going to uh, mjc mm. well i think my point of view is kind of like a little different than yours because so let's say you mm, no because where i work now like, a lot of these guys, they're all, like, PhDs and this and that. I was going to ask you about your work. Oh, hey, talk about your business thing, bro. How'd you uh, become a... When you had your own business, how was that? Oh, yeah, I had this little gig. Um, so, a long time ago, when I was, like, maybe, like, in high school or whatever, um, me and my brother went out, and uh, we saw, like, some people washing cars like in the middle of the night you know and you know that was kind of like i was like uh, in the middle of the night 
I mean, how much do you have to get paid to not sleep and work and like in the cold and, you know, with water and blah, blah, blah. So it got me thinking. And then, you know, after a while, um, one of my friends in high school, he told me, he's like, hey, dude, uh, my, my stepdad needs some help. Um, with like his business and his dad would do that, you know? And his dad was a was doing yeah, that would, as a regular yeah, job? Yeah, he would wash cars as a, like a regular gig. So I went and helped him, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and it was kind of like a different world, dude. Seeing things at night. Because I never seen bats. And, you know, being out there at night, you get to see a lot of bats. You don't know they're there because they're quick. Yeah. But once your eyes get used to the night, yeah, you see them, dude. You see them a lot. There's a lot of them. Yeah. And then I got to see, like, a bunch of white owls, dude. We got white owls in the area. They they hunt at night, you know, in, like, trees and these snag birds that are sleeping. So I got to see a lot of those. Um, It's just, like, the life at night is totally different, dude. You know, it's like, uh, you know, in the day we get the saturation of traffic. Yeah. And then at night you have everything to yourself. <laughs> no, yeah. Yeah, at night's hella different. It's, uh, when, when I work nights, um, I don't know if you remember when I was at junior college, I think I, uh, it was before I met you. I used to. I was in junior. I dropped out. I dropped out of school for about two years because I went to go work in the trades doing refrigeration. Mm-hmm. And we worked a, a lot at nights. And at nights, that's when I realized how uh, behind the scenes that happens. Yeah. Er- everywhere, to for it to look pretty, it look clean, fucking electricity to run, things you know so many things that take place at night and it's usually the quietest too it's weird yeah definitely so how did you how was that business for you do you think would you go back to it Mm, i mean after that episode of my life um i keep thinking about you know getting into a mechanical car wash you know because the whole car wash thing like how they do it, it's on mass, you know? So you wash a lot of cars at night. And so, I mean, how old was I? I don't know, maybe like 16, 17, whatever. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that guy used to charge like like a dollar a car at that time. Yeah. And so, I mean, we Damn, a dollar a car? So how many yeah, cars dude. do you have to wash? Yeah, it was a lot. Like in a single night. Holy moly, that's yeah, a lot. I think, yeah, easily in a single night was three hundred cars. Three hundred cars. Yeah, I think so. How long does I that mean, take? It takes you like all night. At least eight hours, right? Or less. Yeah, no, at least eight. Let me think back, because by the time I started doing it on my own, um, I did the numbers right. Yeah. And I figured that if I wash, like if I had every person wash 20 cars an hour, you know, like every 
20 cars one person did yeah yeah then i, I would give him a decent wage you know because back then minimum wage was like around nine yeah and if they wash 20 an hour i could pay them more like above minimum like 12 or 13 or something like that so anyways i would charge more than him <clears throat> because you know the market available to me was different you know because the dude that uh my friend's stepdad he he liked big 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 lots you know yeah well, the, more cars, the more cars the more money the more cars the more money yeah but he would charge cheap he could never like figure out how to how to push the price up you know and i didn't want that problem so i went for the smaller ones that he didn't really want to do and i charged him a hell of a lot more and that really worked out for me all right on and then you know like once i got deep into it i realized that i i needed to um get these guys together you know the all the dudes that wash the cars yeah because they would all keep pushing the price down you know because they were fighting for or for like the market or um for the jobs you know yeah but i just could never get them together because if i could get them to agree to not push it up and you know they would all roll it up together you know the the car dealerships wouldn't have like an in like an option to to switch you for somebody cheaper again, you know? Yeah, did you have a, like an official business? Was it, or was it more like... Um... Oh, yeah, no, by the time I was like 21, or, yeah, I think I was yeah, 21. The day I turned 21 is when I went to City Hall to, like, make my thing official. All right, huh? Yeah. Yeah, because before that, I was, like, unofficial. What change? What what was the, what help or what was better about becoming official rather than just leaving it the way it was? Um, nothing really. I mean, the only thing is that you can see you own a business, you know. So I guess the level of prestige, if you want to use that word, okay, goes up, you know. But other than that, you know, it doesn't change the dynamic of you going out there into the market and doing a service and getting paid where are you at now well right now i'm with these guys called the millwrights yeah you're a so millwright they're like uh they're like a, a type of machinist type of guys well oh man how to describe them but in reality they're like uh they're like a precise type of carpenter with metal interesting so that's why yeah that's why you do a lot of welding and you know precision becomes kind of like i don't know like an obsession because once once you get into precision um you get to uh like mechanical stuff um, starts working better that's more efficient size things so there's um like for example no vibration because vibration will start taking things apart, right? Yeah. So the less vibration you can get, the better it is for the machine because you can get it to go quicker and or longer and all that. So, you know, being precise unleashes like, uh, like, like better, better equipment. Yeah. Yeah. What uh, what kind of equipment do you move 
or like what kind of equipment do you have to install very precisely no so you know where i work right now is, is this place called western digital and they produce and research these things they call wafers so a wafer as i understand it is like it's kind of like a hard drive you know stores a lot of data yeah but you know it's, it's not it's not um it's not a hard drive um i mean yes yeah, it's, it's kind of rugged to a point but the way they make them because those wafers no longer spin i mean they're round right yeah so when you see them you think they're like the normal thing that spins but no it doesn't it's kind of like an sd card but it's round and uh, as i understand it like only the big guys buy their wafers so like yahoo and amazon and yada 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 you know just yeah all the big but, names all the big yeah, corporations so, so those machines that build those things you know they're so precise that you know you, you need somebody that can move things without disturbing them you know so that's that's where we come in we come in and uh, you know we we you know so the crates come in from different countries like mostly israel because israel's like a big hub of tech so a lot of our tools come from there um a lot of the old tools i know let's go to china so it's like, do you guys get new new technology? Send the new the old technology out. Yeah, because uh, right now they're going through this phasing out process where like they're instead of doing six inch wafers, they're doing eight inch winchers. So I mean wafers. So six and eight, he's talking about the um, the diameter across. So the new wafers are eight inches. So they're retrofitting. All these machines, well, no, not retrofitting. Uh, they're swapping them out, you know? Yeah. Because it'd just be more work to uh, retrofit than to swap them. So, yeah. Working a lot of swapping, dude. And, you know, you would think that moving something is easy, right? Like, when you're small, you play with Legos. Yeah. But, I mean, when you grow up, the Legos you gotta play with. Um, like in real life, like imagine somebody starts building a city with Legos the size of cars, and you're still the same size. So that kind of presents a challenge, and you know that's kind of that's kind of what we do because we got to deal with the weight, and you know with moving it and putting it where it goes. I mean, it gets complicated, you know, for being something simple like. How long have you been doing that now? Uh, I want to say maybe like five years now. Five years. Wait, yeah, because this company that got me, they got me because, you know, they thought that I was a good welder. Mm-hmm. And as soon as they got me, they, they uh, I mean, it's like a rotation when I weld, you know, they, they rather keep me in the hole, you know, moving of machinery around rather than going out and welding. Do you still see yourself doing the welding thing for X amount of years, or do you feel like you might change? Mm. So I worry about my eyes lately. Because mm-hmm. when I started off welding, um, I did, like, a lot of welding, you know, like, every day, 10 hours, like, you know, Monday yeah. through yeah. Saturday, Monday through Saturday. 
you know, that's the whole test life episode of my life. And I never knew something was wrong with me until this one day, me and my buddy were commuting home and the sunroof is uh, open, right? Yeah. And I'm kind of, I lean back my seat and I look up into the sky and the sky is like this normal light blue that it is nowadays. You know, it's not strong blue, it's like a light blue, right? Yeah. But I noticed that you know, when you look at something, there is that focus spot in the center of your sight, you know? And while I was looking at the, at the sky, and it was that, that spot, that tiny spot for me wasn't light blue. It was purple. And that's when it got me thinking like, whoa, you know, this woolly thing is really going to mess up my eyes. So, you um, know, like over the years, I, uh, I noticed that because I used to be able to walk in the dark in my house. And then um, whenever I would look at things, you know, inside my house with the lights off, that purple spot at night would be absent. So if there was like, a, I don't know, like, let's say, like a coin on the table, right? Mm -hmm. And I look at it at night, that spot would be so dark that the coin would disappear for me. I could see it from like a little bit of the peripheral, but not from the actual focus spot. So um, since I stopped kind of welding, you know, because they have me moving machinery, um, that little spot has been kind of coming back, you know, but it's not like a hundred percent. But it is one of those things that I kind of keep in the back of my head thinking like, ooh. You know that might get me someday, because yeah. when you when you lose that little focus spot, um, it's strange because uh, like like it messes with you a lot. Yeah, it messes I mean, with I, your sight. Yeah, it's not like like your sight starts messing with your head, so to speak. Um, like it kind of messes with your sense of reality, I guess. Yeah, it's strange, dude. So do you think that that's going to cause you to get away from that field or do you still going to stay in the field even though you feel like that could be a, something that's not good for your health? Mm. I mean, because for me to stay with anything, like it has to like ignite my passion, you know? Yeah. And if it doesn't, I'm pretty sure I would leave it. But if it does... I'm pretty sure I wouldn't, you know, because uh, uh, it's, it's kind of like a basic for me. You know, if I'm like passionate about this or that, yeah, nothing, nothing could drive me away. Hey, so, so what I want to ask you a question is, um, who influences you like, uh, to make these moves in, in your life? Like, well, I don't think the people that are listening know. Mm -hmm. too much about you but like one of the things that i realized is that like this dude always like wears fancy clothes has a really nice car really nice home sing or you know you, you're not married but you have a lady right you've been with your lady for how many like yeah dang bro i don't even remember that <laughs> but uh yeah, yeah so so what i wanted to ask you is uh yeah who are the people that influence you to, to make these moves in life to keep you like level headed 
you know it, it doesn't seem like you're, mm-hmm. you're very like me I'm very impulsive I make all these you know jumps from one thing to the next and right. keep going and but you 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 know you started off with your business you said when you were 18 all the way up until you're 21 then you uh went to school you it wasn't working out for you so you went on to the welding phase and worked for tesla for a certain period of time and now you're with uh you're working for western digital doing um millwright things so and like i said you oh you know and a lot of things like i said we we missed a big piece of what you do but you know you also own property from what i know you know you like i said you're my friend so from what i know you own property oh, in yeah. mexico you travel a lot so what keeps you what, what who who influences you to to be like be be driven like that well, well, what, where did the you origin, yeah the origin of that probably was my dad okay because my dad wasn't really like a hands-on dad my dad was like you know as far as parenting my dad my dad's thing was like um um i'll explain things to you when you ask me about him you know okay because you know in, in his mind um that's when you were ready to uh to listen or that's when it was the proper time to talk about it right yeah so from that um there was a lot of parenting that i didn't get you know so um you know looking back on it i can i can kind of see how like um like the mistakes that were made you know and then um like uh like drugs i never got into drugs you know because that's usually a thing that holds you back a lot because yeah. i i saw my brothers go through that and then i saw my mom struggle with them you know yeah so kind of early on, I decided not to get into that world. And then um, the whole business thing, I I wanted to go that route because I kind of I kind of wanted to like um, like be somebody in life, you know. I didn't want to just kind of like grow up and be nothing. Right. So. That's why I was so inclined to start some kind of business, you know? Yeah. And when that was available to me, I just, you know, I was like, yeah, I'm going to do this and see where it takes me. And then... Um, so, do you think you were chasing the money for, for part of it? or? No, I think I was chasing my identity, you know, as far as guiding. Because, you know, a lot of the parenting from me was absent. Was when I got into political science... Because political science, for some reason, makes so much sense to me, dude. Like, it was like my language. Like, anything I picked up, I understood. You know? Yeah. So, you know, political science made made the world make sense to me. And, you know, I guess... um, How did you get in... What made you want to get into political science? So, it was kind of like... What's the word? I don't know, kind of like a stroke of luck. Okay. Because when I was looking for classes to take, I didn't know what else to take because everything kind of seemed boring to me. And there was this one class that said international relations. 
And I thought, eh, that might be useful for business, right? Yeah. So, yeah, dude, I took that one, and it wasn't what I thought of the bad. You know, it was, um, it was, uh, something that I could continuously draw from the whole international relations thing. Okay. Yeah, dude, that was, that was to me like the love of my life. Nice. But, you know, I wasn't one of those guys that, that, um, that proceeded to the end. Nah, and sometimes I don't feel like you have to. And I switched from, you know, I switched majors like four different times. And I, I, there was some classes that I really, really liked. Like I took chemistry and I loved that class. Absolutely. But I couldn't keep up. I couldn't, I just didn't have the focus to stay through to the whole thing. And I really, I liked the equations. I liked the whole theory behind, you know, what water is and how we can use different chemicals and things to make things and all these different reactions it was so great but at the same time i just couldn't like i ended up like you said almost uh it was like a language i could understand with the political science and one of the things that i liked about you know i graduated with that degree but one of the things that i liked was uh the study of power you know where like all this power comes from where people just like it's a the world is made of humans bro like if we're all just people and we just have this huge influence over each other mm-hmm. and yeah i always that that's kind of what captivated me um one of the professors always talked about you know there's political science isn't just government things it's you know there's the philosophy of it theories the mechanics behind it so but yeah so i have another question for you bro um mm-hmm. What is the most important lesson that you think you've learned in your professional life and then in your college life? Or maybe even like in, you know, like your friendships. What 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 are some of the most important lessons that you've learned that you think have helped you stay on the right path? Well, from college, what I learned is that... Um... It's not, um, I mean, I don't want to say it's, it's rigged, you know? No, you can say it's rigged, bro. If you think it's rigged, it's rigged, you yeah, know? Yeah, but, but I'm not, like, um, okay, so I'll just give you an example. That way maybe you can, like, define it for yourself. So when I went to, like, Procedus College, right, over there in Livermore. Yeah. Because I went there for, like, a little bit. Um, I took the, you know, how you have like a little entrance exam, your English, your this, your that, right? Right. And then, you know, to go to Modesto, you're in college, you have to do the same English, this and that. Well, to get into Las Procedas at that time, you know, same type of college, teaches the same type of things, right? Yeah, same same entrance exams and the whole nine years, yeah. The MGC one... The English and the math was so much super harder. Like, literally, like, if you want to make it hard for anybody to take it, you know, you make them tired, you give them a lot of questions, you give them a lot of trick questions, and so on and so forth, right? Yeah. That was JC, bro. That was that was Modesto. Las Procedas was a smooth, you know, like, um, short and quick, and, you know, they know if you know, so... 
by default you can if you you know if you if english is like your first language you should get into english one on one easily right no nah, i didn't i didn't get into uh, i got into english 50 i think it was yeah yeah so did i did yeah and i hated every moment of it cuz it was so stupidly boring it was very it was very easy but you're right it i that i didn't do good at that exam but i passed that class and moved on to yeah. the next three english classes that we had to take so basically that was like the first the first thing that uh that i kind of held a grudge educational system because it doesn't have to be like that but they made it like that and those guys in Modesto Junior College they're heavy on their stupid English and their stupid math dude like I almost felt that they meant to keep people out of college by keeping them in those boring super classes you know it's like you know if you're going to take English 50 it's going to be so basic that it's going to be so boring dude that you're going to think like dude I'm already at the lowest level and I have to climb that high and everything's going to be like this pass. Dang, you just Yeah, dude, so I feel like JC right off the bat. Yeah. Like that MJC it was sabotaging so many people right off the bat. And I I saw what it takes at another coach to get in, you know. Yeah, no, you're not lying. I I know exactly what you mean cuz I was in those classes thinking that exact same thing right now that you said. I was yeah. like, damn, I'm in, I'm in this class. I might as well just go somewhere else or do something else. But it does discourage a lot of people from staying. Yeah. Crappy part is those classes aren't even transferable. They're just the step before you can go to the <laughs> other ones. You know. Yeah, burn time. Yeah. Wasted all right there. Yeah, and, but and those classes would get so saturated with people because everybody was trying to take them to move on to the next level. So they mm-hmm. be wait lists and droppings, and it's just bad. Yeah. So now you know the the origins of the problem. Hey, so tell me what was the most influential thing for you in a or or lesson you learned? My bad, bro. Not influential. I'm over here losing my thoughts. I think the biggest lesson. Yeah, what, so what was the far, biggest lesson that you've learned so far in life? So far is that uh, you have to reach this point where you're a man. You but what if you're a female? Yeah, got... I don't know for them. <laughs> yeah, because in my opinion, you know, if a girl. Uh, doesn't have uh, kids. To me, it seems like she never uh, fulfills her grand purpose. You know, it's like everything about her life was like a distraction and kind of, kind of a joke. Interesting point. But I mean, I'm not a girl, so you know, yeah. whatever. Okay, but my right, right. Worth the shit. <laughs> <laughs> right, but what were you saying? Okay, so my bad. Well, the so, most important lesson, right? Yeah, you have to you have to reach like manhood. You have to be a man, you know, like because um, that makes the world go round. You know, as a man, you know, you notice these things that, you know, like things things are are not fair. Like uh, so, a lot of these ideas, you know, they're they're constructs that um that are useful. You know that some some guy sometime built and it helps society. You know. Yeah. But if those guys were never there and they, those things were never built, you'd be in that natural form of the world where everything's kind of jacked up and and uh, you know, I guess the woke guys would say that people are mean. You know, I would say that they would naturally be mean. 
Yeah. So to be a man, it seems to me that you have to, you know, reach this place where you know this these concepts like intuitively, you know, and you decide that some of these concepts are so valuable that you know you're you're willing to get shot over, you know. And that's kind of like uh, where I think a man should be by the time you think you're a man. So like, the... if there is no idea that you're willing to like be like the Japanese and commit suicide for or die for or whatever, then I don't think you reached it, you know. Oh shit, that's interesting. So you, the biggest lesson for you in life is that becoming a man is the most important part. Because that's when you figure out whether you're willing to risk things in life to become who you want to become. Mm, uh, sort of, because so okay, let's say um, so you have kids, right? All right. And you know, um, like I don't know if you've ever seen this episode of The Simpsons, because I was a kid when I saw it, and I thought it was funny because you know these aliens are trying to adopt Homer, and Homer's like, no, no, please don't eat me. I had family and kids. Eat them, right? Yeah. And so, to me, that's uh, that's the sign that that's definitely not a man yet, dude. You I know, see. Somebody like tries to get at your kids. Oh no! All the guns come out. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, but if Homer is a very, uh, he's very. Uh, there's episodes where I, I don't know if you ever see that saw the episode where Homer beats up uh, some he gets in this big old street fight with the guy over 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 Bart. Mm-hmm. You, no, I haven't seen that one. No, I if they see so he plays a very universal role, but I, yeah, I know what you mean. They uh, there is I feel that way about men and women. I feel that everybody has that point in their life that either made you or break you, and if it didn't make mm-hmm. you. Then you pretty much went on the breaking point, and you, that's where you got left behind. You've got to be willing to die for it. And yeah, yeah, it has to be that valuable. Yeah, that's when the because lesson becomes important. You're right. Like freedom for some people. Like if they go to jail, then they realize, oh fuck, I might be stuck in this forever. They might, that might make a life changing experience. Or if yeah, someone see, that makes it real, dude, makes it tangible. Yeah. <laughs> What makes your style in life unique? That's going to be like my, my staple question for everybody that I get on here is uh, uh, what makes, style. what keeps your, your, what keeps you wicked in life? And when I mean wicked, I want, I'm talking like what keeps you on your toes, what keeps you badass, what makes you cool, you know, what, what are the things that you think make you unique? Yeah, so... I think that concept, like to me, is kind of fluid. Okay. It's just like it's not something you can just capture. You know, right it's, it's like uh, something that that you constantly, um, you know, because it's not static. You know, it it keeps moving. You can't really capture it. You know, you can only kind of momentarily hold it. Um. Mm, what keeps me like that? Yeah, what keeps you on your toes? What makes you unique? Your style different? 
Like I mentioned earlier, bro, like you, you're the you always like any time that we've ever gone out, like it could be like four or five of the guys, three of us, four of us, this guy literally you're always outdressed everybody. You you know, like I said, you're always got the level headed. You don't drink after we found you know, you don't do drugs, you don't smoke, none of that. So and you like I said, you're pretty successful in how you how you handle things. So yeah, what keeps your style like that? So to me, aesthetics have have value, you know? Okay. Because I remember a long time ago, I read this article, you know, that, uh, and it was pretty much saying that the brain doesn't have like a firewall, you know? So it goes through the eyes and there is no stopping it. You know, if it goes through the eyes, it goes all the way and, and you know, you can't help it. Yeah. Until... So, you know, to me, that was a big hint that, that you know, aesthetics have have value if you can learn to use them, you know. So from there, you get to realize that that everybody likes pretty things, you know. They, they like to be around pretty stuff, you know. Yeah. So, like, guys, who, who can rather be with a pretty girl or an ugly girl? You know, same with girls. You know, the kids like nice toys or ugly toys. You see where I'm going with this? Yeah, no, so, no, yeah, it, the aesthetics is, yeah, I, that's a very good point. I'd never really thought of it like that's the first thing that goes into your eyes is what you see. And so from there, I just kind of like, um, I don't know, I, like, I, I like being around people, you know? Yeah. And uh, it makes it easier to to hang out to to be with them to be like in their environment you know because my natural form i'm not an extrovert you know i'm very introverted so if um if i'm not something that they like to see i wouldn't be there because i wouldn't belong there you see yeah but but by being, you know, that that thing that's kind of pleasant to look at, then uh, suddenly I, I fit in, you know. I don't have to talk. I don't have to do nothing. I, I can just sit down and, you know, the environment would be great. There'd be no disruptions. You, see, you, can, you can see conversations flow. You can see people interact normally, you know, without yeah. having this, this hurdle to overcome from the, from the get-go. Yeah. But, you know, like, uh, sometimes I, I think I do overdo it. Because, uh, like, last month, it was my birthday's birthday party, right? Okay. And like you said, you know, I outdressed everybody, dude. You outdressed and, everybody, right on? Yeah, so, I mean, because to me, it's like, it was his birthday, you know, and he wanted to go to this cool restaurant. And so we went, it's like, all these other people that I never met are there. And I'm so well dressed that, you know, at the end when everybody's leaving, it, it almost seems like it's my birthday, dude. Everybody wants to take pictures with me. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, that yeah. was kind of funny. I thought it's interesting how that how that works. Yeah, because if you just walk in on the scene, you would think that we're celebrating my birthday, dude. Um, everybody wants to take a picture with me. <laughs> yeah, that's why. Uh, maybe I don't know if you've seen or heard, you know, the birthday. 
the birthday girl never wants her friends to outdress her because it's her birthday. They don't want the attention taken away from her. <laughs> yeah, interesting. Well, see, that's the cool thing because, like, I'm I'm conscious of it, you know. So, I I like to um, um to not um I guess shun people away, you know. Because in that temporary moment, you know, it's like uh, you might uh, mess with them in their head, you know, that's kind of, that's something I want. Yeah. I mean, there's people I try to stay away from, you know, like people that I don't want in my life. Yeah, mm -hmm. for sure. Those, I'll just be like, hey, man, you know, uh, I don't want, I don't want what you bring into my life, so I might be rough with those guys. Yeah. But, you know, like normal people that are, I mean, you, you can just judge him right off the bat, you know? If you got good instincts, you know, who you want to be with and who not. Yeah, right on. All right, bro. Well, thank you for uh, being on the podcast. I appreciate you, your information, yeah, phone call. And then, yeah, like sorry. I said, uh, if you want to be on the call list, let me know. And uh, I'll call you from time to time and see what you're up to. Sure. All right, man. Thank you, and uh, I'll talk to you later, bro. I'll hit you up later. Sounds good, dude. Take it easy. All right, bro. Bye. Bye right, later, dude. All right. So that was Ernesto. That was about an hour worth of podcast. That was pretty cool. Um, like I said, this is uh, not scripted. I, I do write some questions down, but not very, not like a one through ten type of thing. Um, but this isn't scripted it's not a show it's real life this are just regular conversations uh like this is my first full episode so we will hopefully evolve it maybe do a topic i will do my best to try to get better content and a little bit better at conversations and questions and maybe see how we can make it more interesting um that was a I feel that that was a really cool conversation I was glad a lot of the things um different points were mentioned it was pretty cool so we'll go ahead and get this episode uploaded it should be up today Monday and I will try to get a second episode this upcoming week or this week maybe two episodes a week and excuse the content because it will change and it will grow so thank you for tuning in and i really appreciate you guys i'm very grateful hopefully you guys thought the material was okay and it was just a regular podcast episode and i look forward to hearing from you guys let me know what you guys think um if you guys want me to do something with them make questions shorter maybe uh or the interview shorter, maybe ask a topic, discuss a topic, maybe a current event, or something like that. But thank you, and we're out.